Hey everyone, it's Dr. Z. Uh, this show, <laughs> I had to put an intro on this one because it, it, really no explanation is required, but it requires an explanation. So Ishwar Segamand is an electrician from Pennsylvania who I've interviewed before for a podcast, an audio only podcast, which I'll link to here. Um, he had a profound awakening while in alcohol rehab in 2017. And his entire life changed, his identity unraveled, and he discovered a lot through trial and error and then a little bit of you know getting help here and there. He discovered ways of inquiring into this present moment that show us where the misunderstanding of our own identity, of what we are and what this is, can arise. And he is brilliant at pointing directly to this. Of course, this can't be spoken, it can't be described in words, but he can point you there. And two years ago, I met him via phone, Angelo DeLulo uh, introduced us. And in one conversation on the phone, he clarified something that I'd been struggling with for, I don't know, years, and just pointed me back into the sense fields, like just look at how the senses actually have nothing to do with the identity you think you are. And you can actually peel the sense of I, the one who's looking or hearing or feeling from the actual sense itself, the actual sensory information. And for me, that was a transformative inflection in my own you know, journey, journeyless journey. So he was kind enough to come up and spend a few days with me here in our studio and stayed with me, um, hung out with me and my wife. We, I, I, what, all the things that occurred, you can't even describe and all of it is really energetic. It's sitting with someone who's very highly realized and just the kind of pointing that occurs. And we had a ridiculously good time because he is a funny dude. So on the last day he was here, we decided, well, how about, you know, since you're up here, we should try to make a video, even though that wasn't the purpose of his visit. Um, and he has his own website, uh, sensewithoutmind.com. He has a YouTube channel. He does one-on-one um, Zoom meetings with people that are very powerful. Uh, but his intent wasn't to pitch any of that. It was to come and sit with me, which was, I have infinite gratitude for. So <laughs> the long story, which is getting longer short, is we just sat in this these seats here, hit record on the thing. And we were basically three days in and punch drunk on the Dharma. And so what happened in the first 25 minutes is a stew of Indian accents discussing the taint, which is the perineum, which is a running joke between Angelo, myself, him, and basically the world. <laughs> and yet, if you can get through those 25 minutes or you can skip ahead, those 25 minutes are actually pointing directly at this. And if you don't believe me, watch it, listen to it, sit with it. And then we get into the nitty gritty of talking about what's the deal with identity, what's going on with emotions and having to feel emotion in order to actually get to the realization that the self we thought was real had inherent reality actually isn't what you think. It's much like a mirage. It looks like something, but what it looks like isn't what it is. And that's the central key to ending suffering. We talk about the natural arising of compassion. We talk about reactivity, volatility, anger in particular. We talk about Ishwar's path through the rehab 
um, sort of process and all of that and how things transformed for him and quite a bit more. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Ishwar Segabend. No, you know, he's seated. He see his own tent. <laughs> I, I hate to record because when the panda <laughs> sees his own tent, they say you will have six months more of winter. <laughs> Let me see now. Okay. Give me some. Oh, shit. My, my audio not working. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, what, is, what is happening? No, no, no. Is it plugged in? Are something uh, not right. Is right? somebody not plugged in? That's very bad. Because then, oh my God, it is a problem. This has never happened. Okay. I don't believe you. But I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> this has never happened to me before. <laughs> it always comes up. It comes every time. <laughs> that phallic thing is not working. It's, it's, so, it's too close to your mouth, that's why. Sometimes when the dick is already in the mouth, nothing can happen. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Okay, let me put, uh, okay, yeah, okay, okay, okay. That was weird, you know? No sound, but now it's back. Maybe this thing. I told you, uh, it yeah. is the connection between the two, the taint. <laughs> <laughs> because it ta it taint the arm, it taint the software, it's it's this. It taint, it taint the taint mind too. Taint the mind. Taint the mind. Oh. <laughs> the mind is overlaid by the taint, not the other way around. God, do you know if I'd known that? When I started this journey, mm. so many attempted masturbation without coming would have been aborted. Well, you have to stroke the tint and then you'll see it enhances it. See, it see? It's not just the stroking. It is the attention and the love that goes into the point of contact between the tip of the finger and the tint. It is the accidental contact to the tint that brings it to us. And then we say, oh, it is the cupping of the balls, but no. It is not a touching of the sack. It is the grazing of the tent. <laughs> <laughs> that is what makes it interesting. But it also makes us overlook because we get so excited that we don't pay attention anymore. We go off into the wilderness of intense ecstasy that the tent is overlooked. See? You know, it is that overlooking that is the original sin that separates See? Adam Eve from the Garden of Eden. It is the innocent touching of the taint. Accident, maybe. See, and you overlook it. You overlook. You overlook. This is the delusion. See, say uh, it is. It is the cupping and the stroking, but no, that is the the external source. You have to go to what was prior, and the prior is the the grazing. The grazing. Uh, you imagine if we we massage, we give attention mm. to all the tint, top to bottom. We link the two. Balls to anus. See? One seamless. Get rid of the division point of separation. Well, can you find the division? Well, look, look. Look now in your own experience, in your nuts and your butthole. Is there separation? I need a mirror. Because the, the initial point is the reflection. I, see, I, I, we have to see with the mirror. Do you have Do you have mirror? I, I, I have a special mirror I use to shave the bottom of the taint. But 
it's it's clouded over by the various secretions over the years. So I have been meaning to clean, but now is a good excuse to go get the Windex. Well, we can we can flip on this way and then look up at the mirror that you have above the room and kind of look and see there. <laughs> yeah, you may that. have get glimpse. It's 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 far, but you will see. Yeah, they the people who watch they don't know about the ceiling mirror. They don't know what this room was designed intentionally to do. They don't have black light to see the walls splattered. This is, this is true. But um, they don't need because it's all a story <laughs> in the end. It's all just a tall tale told by a taint, uh, full of sound and fury signifying nothing. See, and the bridge, the bridge between mind and body is taint. Oh God, you it know. Is taint. This is it. Uh, the mind was tainted by taint. This is what they mean. Not the other way around. It is not that mind is tainted. Think about it. What can be mind tainting? What is mind tainted with? It is telling you. Taint. Go and look and see. It is an actual place. But you can feel it first. Have to. When you feel it, then you know that it exists. Inch by inch, you go down and look, explore in wonder. And when you see it, you say, aha, it is right below the root. It's always below the root. We think when we take the root up, there isn't anything else. Taint is below root. Mm. It is the cause of root. Mm. It is no other than root. See. And also the taint that you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. That is true. Because the, the one hole... I mean, it can, it can, it can close and stay closed, but slowly, it relaxes and it opens. At the moment of death, that is what happened. It release all. It let go of tint. But you can do it. I mean, spontaneously from time to time. Diarrhea is a thing. You have to wipe. See, you wipe and touch tint. It shows. It shows. And wipe from front to back. Huh? That's the direction of the energetic. You don't wipe back to front. Many things go wrong. See, see, yeah. see. Root is here. Tint is here. You wipe from here. Go up. Just follow. And Just then follow. it go up, 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 up. High into the crown chakra. And then poof, poof, out, out, out. And then tint, the whole tint is the cause of problem, but it is the pathway to freedom. Ah, because you start from way down below. And you go all the way out. Ecstasy. Bliss. Mm. Shat. Shit. Ananda. Ah. I like that. I like that. It's so true. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> ah. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, how you free yourself. It is the pathway to enlightenment. And it's in your own pants. It's always been in your pants. Mm -hmm. You've been seeking, but all you had to do was put hand down the pants. It Al is, Bundy was a guru. He, he was. And it is neither male or female, because everybody have it. Everybody have taint. Mm -hmm. Everybody. Even non-binary. Uh, everybody. Animal. Animal. Human. Maybe sharks. Deva. 
ऑकाज Oh, they are the biggest assholes. Oh, d- yes. Because they also have identity. You show them a mirror, they're like, "That's me. I'm the asshole." <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. The real ones are the dolphins because they hide from everybody. Oh yeah, they're like, "Peace out. <laughs> We're gonna go sit ultrasound each other." Yeah. <laughs> they're a little bit. I don't want to use the word. I won't use the word. But they do their thing to two things. So we leave. We leave. We leave it at that. We leave it at yeah, that. All right, all right. If you know, you know, and you know, you don't want to know. <laughs> and not knowing is the knowing that knows <sighs> rupert spira <laughs> <laughs> reading a rainbow <laughs> reading reading a rainbow a butterfly in the sky <laughs> i can go to isisi you're like lavar burton an indian lavar burton this is very true lavarji burton wala <laughs> i do not like to read though <laughs> All of the books, they're not my thing. <laughs> But that's why reading Rainbow, they would read aloud to you. You, See, know, you don't have to. I, read. I don't. I take it for what it is. I just like the Rainbow and the Star. Acha, acha, acha. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know either. But that's the not knowing that knows. That is. That it is. is. That is. <laughs> All that is, and that will ever be, has already been, and cannot be. It is all made up, and you are making it up. Complete. fabrication of all of it now let me see here okay i have to put this make now we've done very good i'm going to make sure i'm in the right part of the shot that looks good that look you look good you look crazy like a crazy motherfucker <laughs> always, always 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 like this like shit man yeah like everybody they look at me and they know we won't go to him <laughs> <laughs> but he have all the answers he just show you too crazy you have to you have to take a chance sometime to time the crazy man is the one that have the answers cuz he know that he have no answers and zero fucks are given you can tell this is true zero fucks maybe 0.5 of a fuck mm. but that's just you know because you have half kids. of a half of a half of a half of a fuck <laughs> <laughs> and right, i think the sound is actually working mhm i'm just giving it some run do that shit I'm gonna clip that shit and send it to you. <laughs> that, that's usable in some form, dude. For our, oh, let's see what Angelo has to say while we're still recording. We'll we'll play it. Angelo, oh no, that's not it. <laughs> Here we go. You guys are awesome. That's it. We just gave him the best. Angelo, buddy, we were both uh, thinking, uh, Ishwar and I, about the 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 unity of all this. Yes, and, we were saying that. It is. It is not not two testicle, but it's not even one sackness. It's it's not one sack. It's sackness. But it also led us to the the taint and how the taint is the actual asshole because it is the separating point between the sack <laughs> and the asshole. So the real trouble isn't mind. It is the taint. <laughs> All that effort, so much put in, and just coming out like one. This is the problem with white people. Okay? It is the moment of ejaculation. It's just 
and done. The brown people do all the work. We build the house. We, we dig the, the, the root vegetables. <laughs> and then they say, yeah, good job. Mm. No, 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 no. No no proliferation of mine, I think, is what he implying. Maybe that's what he's talk saying. too much. Cut, cut, cut it all out. It's like, yes, you get some credit. You Nice job. Good good work. Good, good. You just pat on, on the ball head, head hey, and move on. You go on, immigrant. You go, go, go back. <laughs> go do your thing. <laughs> Acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, good. So that's okay. We got unlimited recording space. Uh, so what I usually do is I do an intro after the fact. Oh, shit. It keeps like defocusing me when I try to move out of frame. I'll stay in frame. I usually do an intro after the fact. So we, whatever, we just can start talking about whatever if we were doing a show. Say, what do I do with my hands? You know, this is the thing. With <laughs> I this. don't know what to do. It is. Sometimes I, I choke myself. Oh, but this is other, other kind other of fetish. I choke you. You took me. Oh, God. That's um, auto-asphyxiation by proxy. Oh, <laughs> but it is it is non-dual anyway. Oh, not to. Who's choking? Who's choking who's who? Who's choking who? Who's been choked? What is the choking? Is there only choking ah. as process? Choking and hundred one, not two. And if you're choking to ejaculate, you're missing the point. There is no ejaculation. I think. I think so. I think so. there's no choking. But your ceiling tells a different story. There is. There is ejaculation for sure. But if you, if you use black light, you will <laughs> see the truth. But if you don't, no one will know until something. Peels off our drips. <laughs> what is that on your head? Uh, uh, it's lotion. It puts the lotion on its skin. Or else it'll get the hose again. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing else to talk about. Welcome to non-dual. Welcome mm. to Fantasy Island non-dual. <laughs> the plane boss. The, the plane, plane has arrived. <laughs> That's right. The higher plane. There's no higher plane. There's only this. You want to raise your vibrational energy. You have to take the plane to get up there. <laughs> I will show you. Jeff Bezos has built a penis-shaped plane to go. See? Phallic. Very phallic. Everything is phallic. It's all about the dick. It is. It is. Not so much the balls, but definitely the dick. You see it. Phallic everywhere. All left, right, center. You'll see everybody if you look around the room. Open the third eye and you find it is the pee-pee hole. You will see. It is at the center of this phallic. See? This is like, a, I've been called many times dickhead <laughs> online and now I understand it, it was a compliment. Truth. It is yes. a truth. Yes. Yeah. Third eye blind. Now you know. <laughs> and when no. you miss, <laughs> it, it just goes everywhere, <laughs> you know. It, it catches you. This is true. Yeah. This is true. You need one of those, uh, uh, what, they, what, what they do, they put it, they come catch a thing. Uh, oh, they, yes. The, 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 like uh, when you go to see an orca show at SeaWorld, they put the splash card on you. Yes, yes. It's yes. like that, but for semen. Yes, yes. 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 They, they wear them, the eyelids extensions. You need to put one on the third eye oh. to help catch it. That's that's the thing. Buka, made by Bukake Industries. I think There's so. that I think one. So. Yeah. yeah, but they take it to the extreme, though. I mean, there's a lot of. Um, well, I mean, those catch a lot, so they, they, it, it'll work for and, a little bit. And you said extreme, which makes me think of more than words, which is what we are doing here. This is more than words. This is true. This is this, mm -hmm. and also not this. And free from extremes. Totally, <laughs> the middle way. Like the taint. See? It all come back to the taint. Cuts. This entire thing. Full taint. circle. Taint. Like Ouroboros, snake eating its tail only. But it's a taint it starts it's to eat. It's the taint that eats itself. If you go past the taint, you've gone too far. <laughs>
<laughs> you have to come from the other end. <laughs> Everyone wants to start here and go down. No, you start no. down and come up. Agree, agree, and double agree. It's, it's nonsense. It makes sense though. Totally. Yeah. Fun hundred percent. Start up. No, do, no. do you know who had it all figured out? Was the Count from Sesame Street? Ah, yeah. ah, ah. One <laughs> taint in the trousers. Ah, 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 ah. It is like uh, Kim Jong Un and Korean Matt. Oh, you know what he say is uh, one plus one is not two. One plus one is bigger one. If you take one raindrop and you put it in another raindrop, you get a. You don't get two raindrop. You get bigger one. It makes sense. A total sense. Yes, you have to look at it like that. I put my enrolled my child in dictator math so that he could, she could learn also this kind of truth. Kim Jong Un makes sense. That's the math. Look, everyone says Koreans are better at math. Why not listen? One plus one equals bigger one. It What's two minus one? Smaller one. I think so. Then is two. Because <laughs> you're taking one. And you're taking it from bigger one, and now you have two. See, our minds are only thinking in such a way that it's been conditioned for so long to believe one watt plus one watt equals two. It does not work that way. If you are adding something together, you're bringing it together. How can it be two? I think I'm going to cry now because this truth is just like the book I read when I was in elementary school, the truth about Fonzie, the Henry Winkler story. Oh, and that book moved me. Okay, It opened something that I thought was always to be closed. And that was my taint. It, it removed my hair, that book. <laughs> you know, he has such powerful hair and comb. It just, he went, poof, mine's went, poof, gone. There's only so much energy to create hair. Hair is crystallized energy. Huh? When there's so much energy and it all goes to one man, Henry Winkler, the fawns. And he had the energy to hit the wall and a one, two, three o'clock, four o'clock rock. Music? What's left for us? Mm. Huh? Luckily, most of my energy is in the taint. This is true. Yeah. That, that is where it starts from or else you, your head blown off. Gone. Just and headless is away. It is an approach. It is, it is. It but is. they see, they start too high. They start too high. Have to go low. Go low. The taintless approach. Oh. Ah, right now, do you have a taint? Can you find a taint in your experience? Now, I can because, you know, my we've, taint uh, is... We've been practicing. All, but you can bring, now, bring your awareness just like how you feel your toes. Come up a little bit to the knees, mm. to the back of the thighs. mm so the, the lower hanging of the buttocks. Mm. And then come inwards at a 45 degree angle from both butt cheeks. Slightly past the anus. And you will feel it. You can feel it. And anyone that is listening, if you are doing it, you have arrived at a tent. That is the metaphysical tent that the mind has created through the sensation of the body. It is up to you to go and look and find it physically. And that is where we start. That is the journey. From butthole to balls 
lies a vast expanse, energetically open. Is it here or there or nowhere? Is it nothing and everything at once? Or is it just this, the taint? Pristine, subtle hairs with split ends, little residua of toilet paper. I don't know. I don't know. If you crack the concept of taint open, well, then you feel the energy expand. And you can feel it. <laughs> it is a thing. And then it starts to move. And it goes up around the asshole. To the lower back, middle back, center back, behind the shoulder blades, base of spine, up to top of spine, spinal cord, top of head, and two inches from crown is where it sits. And waits for you. Oh, and there you are. At the seat of consciousness, the third eye. And up you go. Completely free. Who becomes free? The taint or you? You crack open concept of taint and also concept of you. Neither two, nor one. Just so. The sackness of all being. They say it is like suchness. But they miss, they miss the point. You go a little further. It is the sackness of it. The sackness. The sackness of it all. Truth. If I had the ability to speak that little emoji that says 100, I would speak it. Yes. I will add another zero to it, maybe thousand. a thousand. thousand, thousand. Yeah. One this, lakh, one lakh. Yeah, yeah. But this, this is, this is how we do it. Yeah, yeah. I believe it was uh, the late great Montel Jordan, who is not dead, who said exactly that. Mm. This is how we do it, and it was done. Mm. But by whom? When Nike had it right, you oh, know, no. just just do just it, do it, to do it, do it. You point and just do it, and you see. When you try, you come to. Everything comes to attention. Interesting though, Nike saying just do it implies many beliefs that make up that. Mm. That there is one who can do, that can make the choice. That it is done by, the person of of whom you are addressing. Just do it. But is that true? Maybe question. Well, lots of question comes. Yes. What to do? Who to do it with? What is doing the doing? What is it? What is the doing? What is the doing pointing to? Who is going to do this doing? Who is the source of the doing? Hmm. Mm. And if you drop the me, does the doing go? Or does the doing remain? Am I necessary for this doing to happen? Or is this doing happening by itself? Is doing doing the doing to it, which is not it, but all? Well, to answer those questions, we have to start to see the conditions. Because everything, including the doing, is due to conditions. So when we start to see and we look, it is like a roadmap. It leads you back to tracking the steps all the way to the doing itself, 
all along you thought it is you, and when you get there, it is you that see that there is no you that's doing anything. The doing is only doing. Have nothing to do with you. You are perfectly okay, functioning in all of this doing. But it is not you. But it is not apart from you, and you are not apart from it. You make no distinction between you doing and doing. But you have to see. It is as the rope that is burned up, but maintains the appearance of a rope, empty, but still the appearance of a rope. So are you when the doing has been done by the not you that is also you. Right. Acha. It is exhausted, and it is free from extreme of rope, and from being, becoming. What is there to become other than what you are appearing as? And then you see when you look, what is appearing? What is it implying? What is the inherentness behind that? And then we see, inherent existence does not exist, but the concept of inherent existence does. But what inherent existence is pointing to does not exist. It is like a mirage, like we talk about. So the appearance of the mirage is real, but what the mirage is appearing as the oasis is not. Just like the tent, and like you, this is how it is, and that is the truth. The pure sackness of this. Yes. Yes. Complete. Utter perfection, but it required you to go with the doing and see that you did not need to go and do a thing. And such is the taint. It leads you out of suffering into freedom, because you realize there was nothing. That ever suffered. Is it normal to pee a little bit when this realization comes? I do usually put a little bit of toilet paper there, ah. uh, you know, from time to time because ah. uh, um, the little fellow down there he he likes to dribble, yeah, you know. So it's to catch him and make sure you don't make a mess. When, when the base that he sits on is shown to be have no inherent. Existence, mm-hmm. in the way that the mind was applying conceptual inherent existence to the base, the taint. What can it do but dribble? Well, that is the thing, right? It is like a mirror. The mirror was obscure, but in reference to the taint, in relation to the mirror, was the urine, was the obscuration. So you have to make sure. Don't you keep the tent clean, or else it cannot reflect. And if it cannot reflect, you cannot see it. So a little bit of toilet paper will help. Tiny bit, yeah. T- tiny Just bit. A little. Sometimes I'll take my uh, my my spouse's uh, you know feminine products and put there because so absorbent, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. prevention is better than ounce of prevention. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to wipe all the time. You know, it's, it's always present. It's always it's always seen. 
if if you do the just a little bit of recognition that you don't you don't want to obscure the mirror no 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 you don't want to dirty the tent mm-hmm. then you always see the tent and 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 also the darn thing's got wings it does it, it does and uh, it that... keeps it stationary it does not go anywhere no where can it go but mm-hmm. here that is true <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's going to turn into. No, that, I, that's uh oh man, when we see that back we'll know the, we'll know what that is. Uh let me block this person who's texting me. <laughs> that's insane. Dude. But all true. Everything you pointed out was true. I mean in a way that's like the best teaching. Relative stuff? Yeah. Hey, sorry to interrupt this episode. It's Dr. Z. Just a quick pitch here. If you can just leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, it helps us a lot. I also want to hear what you think about this episode when you're done listening. Hello at zdogmd.com. It's the best way for me to hear your voice because the emails come right to me and we don't have a comment section on most podcast platforms. Maybe Spotify has one, but nobody else does. So it really gets your voice involved on episodes especially that don't have a video. And the third thing is if you want to be a part of this community and support the show, join our supporter tribe, zdogmd.com/supporters. You can join on YouTube, locals, Facebook, Instagram. You get live videos with me where we're talking about these things in depth uncensored and your comments are fully incorporated as in real time. And then we do these Zoom meetings where it's really like a beautiful community where we share our experiences on the awakening journeyless journey. How are we going to transform ourselves so we can transform healthcare and education and government because those systems are epiphenomena of us until we wake up those systems will stay asleep. They they're just an expression of our own delusion. So being a part of that it supports this message so others can hear it and it also allows for our own collective growth. So we need each other in that way. It's really 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 tightly interwoven and interdependent. That's it. Back to your regular schedule regularly scheduled show. That's how it works. That's how it works. No difference between all I think all the tradition uses just analogies because it's easier to point that way. Yeah. You know, what makes the difference between a taint and using the analogy of an, a mirage. You know what I mean, to describe inherent existence. It's 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 um because last night we were talking about this inherent existence and the way you described it was in the taint analogy that we may or may not include in this <laughs> video. This idea that yes, the the appearance is there as an as an appearance like a mirage. But is it an oasis? No, only the mind tells you that it has that inherent existence as an oasis, that it's actually water and actually palm trees and all that. But really what it is, is it just the appearance, exactly right. as it is. The appearance is appearing and that's, you know, you, you can't deny that. Yeah. What it's appearing as, what it's pointing to, is what does not exist. Mm. In, in the context of the appearance of an oasis, of the mirage itself. So it's the same thing with self. It's when we we speak about illusion or it's it's spoken about in that way, it's defined in a very specific term. It's not what it appears as. So it's this this thing that we're taking to have we we mean it to mean something, but we make a fundamental assumption that it's something and we overlook it. So when we start to look at it, deconstruct it, then we really see what the self actually is. And it's only done in the direct aware conscious experience of the one that's looking 
So generally, no one can really deconstruct it for you. How, how am I going to deconstruct yourself? Mm. And I mean, the tools can be given and then the work is done by you. You can be supported by people around you, you know, to make sure that you're making progress or whatever it is. Not where getting you're fixated, at, right? not losing. Yeah. If you have questions, you can direct them. Hey, am I doing this right? Or am I getting dragged off into something else? Right. You know, and that's where it has, it has value to have someone to kind of guide you through. But all the time, all along, you're the one doing the work. And no one can take credit for your work either. Mm. It's not like I did something for you. Mm. No. You're the one doing the work. This is this is you. You never get from where you're at to where I'm at, period. You can only go through you to see what's really there. Mm. Or not there. You know, that's that those are the things, the kind of questions that'll resolve themselves. Yeah, and this is fundamentally what we're talking about is self inquiry, the deconstructive process of looking for this thing you thought was there all your life. That inherently existed. That inherently existed, has reality to it and is a thing. And so, okay, if this is true. I was thinking this morning, you know, because you've been hanging out for a couple of days here and we've we've just been sitting, talking, pointing, et cetera, experiencing this, this thisness the non-separation of all of it. <laughs> and um, this morning I was flashing through, sitting in my meditation chair and flashing through my childhood and remembering something that I had forgotten, which is as a child, I had an, a deep curiosity about how everything worked in a way where my parents would buy me toys and within a day, I'd play with them for a day as a whole, like as the appearance, as what I thought they had inherent existence. And then I would immediately get a screwdriver or a hammer and I would start opening it, trying to see, okay, what, what is this? How, what is this made of? How can I deconstruct this into, into a way that I can understand why the appearance looks like it does, like why the whole works. And I noticed that as I would take things apart, it started to make less and less sense as a whole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, wait, this is a transistor, but I didn't know when I was five. And I, I'd be like, what's in that? And I'd smash it with a hammer <laughs> and it would be some toxic powder that I inhaled that was probably gonna give me cancer in a couple of years. But I kept going and I, I would see nothing. And my mother would keep saying, why is it that you can't accept this thing for what it is and play with it? You have to tear into it and tear apart. And I said, oh, because I just have to know what it is. And yet I lived my most of my life never doing the same deconstructive process on the sense of self or my thought or my mind. How, where the hell does a thought come from? Is what I'm seeing, is it real in the sense of objective reality, inherent reality? And you never look in, right. until you do. Because I think part of the, the component of that is that we, we just run to things, things that stimulate, you know, we try to deconstruct everything around us thinking that everything around us is, is real. Mm. Because we grant this realness to us and it's experiencing what's around. Mm. So it never dawns on us to kind of turn that attention back to see, well, what is saying that it's real and it's relating to everything else here? You know what I mean? And then when we start going through this process and we start to see and look, it's always saying that the world isn't real. The things that are here aren't real. But that also has to be turned back to you. It is a thing that's saying that, that isn't what it appears to be. Again, not that it's not real. When we say that, we kind of dismiss it. Right. And we don't really truly investigate what's there because that's just the way that that sounds, that concept is. It's a dismissive thing. Yeah. So when we say, well, it's an illusion, but not in the sense that it isn't real, 
but it's not what it's appearing as. So what is it then? That's where like the chariot analogy comes in, or we did the the tricycle, the tricycle right? thing. Yeah, you know, explain that one. Yeah. So if you have a you have a tricycle, right? And we go with this because it's just a basic part. It has a frame, three wheels, and a handle, right? So the back wheel breaks on your tricycle. So you you take that wheel off, you buy a new wheel, you put it on. Then the other wheel breaks, the back wheel. Take that off, buy a new one, put it on. Then the front wheel breaks. You take that off, buy a new one, put it on. Then the frame breaks. Buy that one, put it on. Take the, the old one off. The handle breaks. Buy a new handle, put it on. So now you have your, your tricycle all fixed up. So now you take all the parts from the old one and you build a tricycle. Which one was the original one? <laughs> Let's sit with that for a second. Is it the collection of the, the new parts or was it the essence of the one that was put together? So that's how we deconstruct self. It's no other than it's the sum of its parts. As an appearance, as a conceptual overlay, and the sum of its parts, that's where the deconstruction gets fun because you're looking into what is it right. that I'm taking to be me. And, and again, like why do, you, why do you even do this? Well, this is the fundamental state of how we interact with what we think the world is as a separate self that's solid in some way that's moving through space and time and interacting with objects. And the suffering comes from the fact that that self feels separate from everything that's happening and is pushing and pulling on everything that's happening, thinks it has agency and can do something about everything that's happening and is, has a future and a past that it either regrets or worries about. And so, well, why don't we investigate what that is? <laughs> and if you listen to people throughout history who've done this investigation, they say some pretty remarkable and unbelievable things. So instead of believing them, how about do what they did, which was look. Yeah, look, see, and discover for yourself. For me, it was when I went through this process coming through from the recovery, the, the recovery houses and like deconstructing and understanding that these identity structures that are here aren't me. Mm. And my entire life was kind of based around knowing with electrical work, you kind of, you have to know what you're doing. You can't just, <laughs> I'll wing it kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You, you know, you got to know what you're doing. Um, so it, it's more of a, like a mechanical process for me. And I needed to see the, the components of how it was working. And then it started to make sense. Mm. But I guess earlier than that, it would be like, when it came to, to knowing, like all this stuff I knew and I was imposing on myself as knowledge but I didn't know me. Like, wh what? who am I outside of all these concepts? Who am I outside of being an electrician, being a dad, being a son, being a husband? Like, I never, I never saw that. But there was a fun fundamental, like, thing that permeated my, my experience as something that just never changed. And it was a way that I experienced myself. But it was a, it was a doorway into look because it was always here, it was always now. It was a pathway in. So I didn't place assumptions onto it. I just went in and I was just kind of curious. And 
what I found was what I found, just memories. And prior to the memories, there was something there before it, before the, the point of division, the point of separation. And I stayed there for a bit with my attention. And then knowledge-based is limited. Then the concept itself of me deconstructed, unraveled the entire mind itself. All that remained was experience, this, disjointed, empty, not dead, just empty of this limiting concept of me, but fully alive, visceral, radiant. Even all these concepts can't describe it. But that's what happened when mind pressed against what he couldn't go beyond. Cessation. It ceased. That came by way of looking very deep in the recess of whatever it is I was calling my mind. Then there's this presence. How does that relate to day-to-day life? How's that seen? Those are the questions that started to come. So for me, it was, well, how was it formed in the day-to-day life? How was it formed in perception, in me seeing myself? It's through the sense perceptions themselves. So that's what started to get deconstructed at that point. Physical reality itself, how I perceived it. Because that's the only way I could find myself now. And that's also a way of seeing what's appearing and the nature of it, which is me the identity structure itself, the overlay on physical form, on sense perceptions, and continue to break that process down. And that's the practice. <clears throat> yeah. And there's, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's a bunch of different ways to go about that, but you know, we can point at some, you pointed at some going back into memory and finding that first <clears throat> sort of point of memory where you're like, oh yeah, I remember this, I remember this, and then, okay, so what was before that? What was I right before that? And then seeing, ah, and this this deconstructive process where you realize, hmm, okay, so it wasn't what I've been taking to be true all this time. It was a mind overlay, a construction on what? can't really speak about it, right? but you can experience it directly by looking, you can point to it. You can send, send the mind looking in these different ways and it, sometimes it'll just get exhausted or it'll just f- intuit into, uh, oh, it was always this. But then what you pointed out was the, <laughs> now, well, so how there is an apparent world that I have children and a job and, I don't, <laughs> how do I reconcile all of this? And this is where I think we've been talking quite a bit since you've been up here is like, ah, all of this is seen to be seamless with that. But again, you see it knowingly for what it actually is. Maybe you can speak to that a little bit. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> well, 
the the overlay, the, the net that we cast on the things that are actually happen, ap- happening here is the the hold, the bind, the stories that we tell ourselves about what those things are. And that's exactly what they are at their core, their stories. Belief stories. Yeah. And they limit our experience because they cast this, they, put, they try to put things in containers. So what really happens when we let go of the concept of those things being me and mine, like they're minds, I have an attachment to them. When we start to relax that, then we really get to see what's there. What was I referring to as my daughter? What was I referring to as the experience of my job? Those things start to open up now. They're not limited to these concepts. The, the full visceral of, ex, of experience, the vastness of experience, becomes like your day-to-day mundane life. It's not something that you have to chase now. Mm. You realize and recognize it to always be this, has always been that. So what drags us away? All of our stories about what's going on. Mm. This is always apparent. This is always here. You always recognize it. You always know it, but you move past it to go with the stories of what you think you need to do. And in that, a projected world within your own mind comes to in past, present, future, things I need to get, things I need to do. It's not saying that we can't plan for stuff. We can, but the attachment to the outcome of the plans isn't there. It's not that you don't have a daughter, but the attachment to it being yours her being yours, that being my son, my child. That attachment to it is what goes. And then the full visceralness, it becomes alive after that because the concepts aren't. Mm. They have an energy to them, yes. What they're pointing for you to really look. Relax the concept of child, my child. When you're looking at your child, my daughter, relax that concept of mind. And then you'll start to see the fullness of what the concept was pointing to. Never an issue with the concept. Just trying to show you. Look and really see. Don't attach and cling. Don't make it into something that it's not. There's a beauty that starts to unfold. The experience of the child starts to bloom like a flower. The thought was the restriction. The concept was the restriction. Now we really start to see. Then we start to relax the concept of me. You bring that attention back here. What was I referring to when I was referring to myself as I? And see if you can confirm that as the totality of your entire sensated experience. It is not that you become one with everything. It's when you relax the concept of me, we really see what's here. And that's that. That's all we can we can really say or point to. The rest of the experience is confirmed by the one that goes and looks. What does it see? That's for you to discover. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, uh, and this, this in <laughs> this non-conceptual aliveness that is right in front of us with let's keep with the example of our children say our daughter um the mind reduces that inf- infinite 
unknowable radiance, like you said, that blooms into your experience when the mind relaxes, it reduces it to my daughter and then and, and put a name on it, a label on it, even make the form solid. Mm -hmm. And it does that all instantly through eons of conditioning and that's just how it is. And there's nothing wrong with that. that that's another function mm -hmm. of reality happening only now. Um, but when that scene clearly, and the one that, that apparently was doing it is looked at and realized to be what, oh, just like the child, the self that was looking out and trying to make something of this child, when I turn that same gaze there and look at it and let the concepts drop and the labels drop and see what's actually there, mm -hmm. that deconstructs into what the, that always was. Right. Yeah. So there is a distinction to be made here. Um, that distinction is non-conceptual doesn't mean non-dual. It doesn't imply non-dual either. So when we get to non-conceptual is when things starts to really flower and it brings the full view of the observer here. Then we apply the deconstructive measure to the thing that says it's observing experience. So the beauty of things can be a trapping as well. Mm. So when we start to apply the, the looking and we see sounds, we see the basis of thinking thoughts the basis of hearing sounds, the basis of seeing color. Then the sense, just the sense that we have of us, it's not even us, just the sense that starts to relax. And experience is non-dual. Not to. Not a subject and an object, just this. Right. Yes. And that's an experiential confirmation when it occurs. That's right. You can't, you can point to it like you just did. And so people can go and look in their own experience. And even it feels almost an, like an energetic process because everything starts to, like in my experience right now, everything is just exactly as it is. And there's no, observer, there's no awareness of, there's just seeing, right. just sound, just sensation, all in its placeless place. You can't localize it, but it's where it is. Right. So the language starts to trip on itself. And that's it, and it's so simple that the mind won't believe that this is what it was seeking. <laughs> right. Well, it's, yeah. a, it's a complete acceptance of everything here because all of the processes, they go back to their positions. Seeing, mm. colors. Hearing, sound. It's not a denying of any of the sense perceptions. Complete acceptance of, of them all, including the self. It's a function. It functions in convention through thoughts, ideas, and concepts. That's the realm that it operates in, in that functioning process. Awareness, function. Crystal clear, pristine. 
The self isn't tied up in that. These are all functions. And then the experience becomes disjoint in a way, or ununified, untied, the knot releases, the knot of perception. That ties it into a self that's perceiving. Right. Yes. And then there's just the indescribable. Right. Always here. Everyone has access. Everyone can see. One of the key things you said too that is often misunderstood in these sort of circles is the self itself is a process and it is innocent in that way. So we talk about ego, self, you know, mm -hmm. similar ideas. It ego is not a thing. Ego is the process of thoughts, conceptions, identity, belief, tying the knot as a process mm -hmm. in all of experience so that experience is happening to a you. And that's just another process and it can be seen as that. The illusion. It's an illusion, yes. Appearing as a self here. Yes. Doing this, everything happening to it. And then when we start to look and see the untying process begins, what is it appearing as? Instead of the assumption of me, look and see. This is, these are the tools. That's the, the, the way to break down the concepts of these things, which is the way that we're experiencing reality right now. It's in your face. And that's what, that's where it makes for me the most sense is to break it down there. Because when it reveals itself, who's it going to reveal it to? You're not in a state of consciousness. You're not in a meditative state. And I'm not saying that those things can't help but you're fully aware, fully conscious. And when it separates out, it's self-confirming because you're the one that's confirming it because you're the one that's deconstructed. You're the one that just goes, and just kind of relaxed. The whole thing is a relaxing process. It is. It is. And in fact, sometimes during the process, you can feel te various tension in the body and things like that. And when attention just goes to that as another appearance, it's seen as uh, that's not really what we're calling tension. There is a relaxation, even in the setting of a, a piece of body tension. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's a relaxing almost beyond the conceptual relaxation that the mind imagines. Right. It's everything as it is without any resistance labeling or anything. And labeling can show up mm -hmm. and it's seen as labeling. Right, yeah. and everything becomes pointers back to the full immersion of this because the recognition of it, when you get a taste that this is this is it, this is all that there's ever been, then everything starts to point back to this. Well, thoughts were talking about this. Yeah. This is what they were pointing to. Sounds was pointing here. Well, it, where does it emanate from? Oh, you can't really tell. Something's going on here but it still points back to this present experience. Thinking, where does that happen? Here. Well, what's here? This. Crack this open. This. <laughs> and that is... Uh... That's such a beautiful understatement, crack this open, because this is everything. It's all there's ever been. 
and it goes infinitely nowhere, right here. And thoughts just spring out of what? And like you said, they're reflective pointers at at this. Mm -hmm. So when you see the thought as a thought, you go, oh, what's that? What's, where's that come? Oh, it's right here. It's always been this. And you can flash through your entire memory of childhood and realize it's always been like this. The child that thought they were living life, that was this. Mm -hmm. That was also this. That was just an illusion that it took itself to be something through the process of selfing. Yeah, so past creating a present and then from present projecting a future, that whole process itself comes to presence. And everything is, when we say unfolding, it grows of of itself, mm. like a flower. It it blooms, it grows of up out of a seed. Then it unfolds into a plant, unfolds into a bud, and then unfolds the flower itself, all of itself, from itself. It's not what happened in the past that created its unfolding. It has always unfolded now. So the movement of mind to think in that way that past created present isn't a thing within our experience itself now because it doesn't confirm your, your accurate experience of reality. What you just said is so deeply true and the mind, the thinking mind cannot make sense of that. But like you said, like right now in experience, it's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. Yesterday when you were pointing and we were at my house, we were talking like that and you said, how, how is it that anyone thinks the past causes the present? And it was so clear that I just started laughing because there's no way that it can in direct experience. There's no past. Right. Yeah. But don't, and by the way, don't believe us. Don't, don't believe us. Go and look. Go and look. That's what we're saying. Nobody can show you this. You can have, you have to look. They can point in the direction, which is what you're doing right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Are we scared? Yeah. Are you scared yet? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's good. It's good to take a little a little break in a sense from that direct pointing and maybe backtrack a little because you can feel it energetically what that pointing is like. It's it's very direct, it's beautiful. That's what you're particularly good at, uh, particularly like especially in person, but even over the phone, you've done that with me early on two years ago and it's just pointing you right at your experience. Here's the sense fields, et cetera. You, you spent a good bit of your life actually suffering, fully self-identified. And it was only in 2017 when this shift happened for you. And since then it's been unfolding and unfolding and unfolding. Again, no past, no present, no causality, but we have to speak this way. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk, so what was quite remarkable about your experience, and we talked some about this in our podcast we did before, but it happened when you had hit a kind of rock bottom from alcohol abuse mm -hmm. and had elected to go into recovery. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, I was a yeah. complete nut. <laughs> you know, you know, parts of the story- That's that, why we get along. Yeah, yeah. I mean, parts of the stories that come up is, this is where relative has uh, a stake in, 
leading you to the belief, to see through the belief system that, you know, past wasn't dictating mm. what was currently happening. And that was the cycle that I was getting caught up in. But mm. at the time, I didn't know that. The only thing I knew was I didn't, I didn't know what was happening. Uh, there was like all these pressures that I put on myself to, to be successful and to have money and to have a, a, a career and a job. And we all know that. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was a very, you know, basic kind of thing. And it didn't matter how much I made, it wasn't enough. It's never enough. You know what I mean? And <laughs> I don't know at what point it, it kind of shifted. Cause before, you know, like when I used to drink early on, it was, you know, I was a happy, a happy kind of drunk, mm. happy dude. Some degree when I drank, it shut off part of, I don't know, part of me where something connected with what it what it felt like the suffering of the entire world. Oh, and it, it used to to trip me out because uh, you know I would stand up in front of my porch and uh, I'd be drunk, but I had enough awareness that I could feel the suffering in the world, and I didn't know what that was. Ah, uh, I know yeah. exactly what you're pointing at. Yeah. So, and it wasn't that like drinking was the problem. The problem was me. <laughs> Drinking was was the solution that I was using. It was a symptom. But, you know, I didn't see it that way. The way it kind of panned out for me with that was I would drink, go off the rails, have like these outbursts, and some of them are violent, mm -hmm. you know. And then I would come to and wonder why I couldn't stop. Like mm -hmm. why I couldn't just like stop drinking. Mm -hmm. And progressively, it started getting worse and worse. The the violence itself, the outburst, the anger. Mm. So it was almost like consciousness was, when I was like in my normal mode, it was being suppressed. And when I drank, it just all came out. Ah. So it was the reverse. I, I wasn't drinking to to like suppress my, my emotions and stuff. It's when I drank, all the shit I was suppressing when I was conscious and aware I wasn't dealing with uh, it just came out uh, yeah. it overflowed and it it just manifested in ways that was just detrimental to everything around me uh, all to the point where it was like something needed to change and I was like you know what um probably should go and get some help with this yeah so I made a phone call treatment facility they said uh yeah come in like now I'm like, uh, yeah, I can't. <laughs> I got shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> I have a job. I had a job to finish. So I, I had a, a big project that I was doing and it was legit. Like I had to complete these people's project. We were planning some utility poles and they had no power at a backup generator, like running their house. And I, the guy was like, you're full of shit. Hmm. He's like, people say this all the time. I was like, no, man, I'll be there on Monday. Actually, it was, I think it was like a Tuesday I had to go in. Mm -hmm. So I ended up finish up the project. And it didn't stop me from going and drinking too, man. Like, so still, yeah. Yeah, after mm -hmm. that project was done, I went out, drank, mm -hmm. came home, got into an argument. And then mm -hmm. I was like, as like a threat, I was like, it's all your fault. I'm going to go get the help that I need. Uh. And then took an <laughs> Uber, you know, like 60 miles to the treatment facility, got there. And they were like, you know, had you called us, we would have came and got you, right? In like an Escalade. <laughs> But that's what that's what led to all of this. It, it all of this stuff came to a head, and I guess it got me to a state where I I surrendered. Like I couldn't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do about it, and it brought me to a place where 
they just kind of had to surrender. Life brought you to your knees. Yeah. That was the, that was the door. Yeah. And when I got there, it was, it was like, all right, you know what? I'm here. I'm going to give this a shot. Let's see what this is about. Mm. And that's when I started to have these, these moments of clarity. And mm. it was, well, all right, you're here. Let's see what's, what they have to offer. Right. Because shit can't go back to the way that it was. Yeah. So as I started to go through those processes, seeing the therapist and stuff in there doing the work, um, one of the biggest shifts came from the anger management guy, the therapist. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I realized what resentments were and the mechanics of resentments. And when I was talking to him, he thought I was bullshitting him. But it was it was the actual realizations that came. Like I started to cry. Like mm. I started to see that I was the one that was like placing an expectation of someone onto someone, they don't live up to that expectation. Then I held them accountable to that expectation and then got angry over it. All of that process was going on here. Mm. And it just dawned on me that I can just stop doing that. And I never thought of just stop doing it. Mm. And when that happened, dude, it just like, it felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulder and I, like I just started to like burst out into tears. And mm. that's when I really started to get what was what was really going on which was i didn't know what was happening mm. Mm. so and this was this an aa type model the whole thing or the treatment facility i think it was like a 30-day program right um so whatever it is that they do after you come out of that facility they have uh like outpatient and then you get into uh the recovery program so this wasn't even the recovery the recovery program right. itself. this was the acute Right. Yeah. And so this opening where you realized all this anger, which was the central kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Then the alcohol made it worse, made it come out more. It yeah. seems like you realize, wait, this was all a projection that of me onto this other kind of what we were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. where you're looking at another as they are, or you're seeing them as your mind is constructing them. Right. Yeah. And so you were constructing that the expectations were this and then getting angry when they, of course, didn't fulfill that. Right. And the realization was like, I've been doing this, which means I could stop. Right. <laughs> and then the tears and the relief. Yeah. Yeah. How is that different than awakening, really? Yeah. It's it's all like subtler versions, subtler of, versions. Of, of letting go. Some are bigger than others. Yeah. And they facilitate the, when we were talking about the mirror itself being dirty, when you start to wipe it clean, these are the things that you're wiping off. Yeah. It's the very things that you use to dirty up the seeing because it wasn't really... I needed to do something to let go or to stop the resentment. It was just seeing the process of how that was occurring, that it occurred to me that just stop was an option. So the letting go was a byproduct of seeing the process of what was happening. Okay, beautiful. That is, I think, central to the way that you point at all of this and a very powerful approach to this is when you deconstruct and see what's happening, just the seeing of that can show the mind, right. oh, there's another, this is how it's been. There's a. There's other ways to do this. Or naturally, energetically, it just relaxes. It stops. It stops, exactly, because it's seen. Right. It has to be unconscious to really function. Because yep. how can you get angry at someone when you know clearly, oh, I'm projecting this concept onto them. <laughs> I'm holding them accountable. Mm -hmm. well, that doesn't make any sense. No, it happens unconsciously. This guy didn't do what I wanted. You yep. get angry. 
it's like a, it's a running delusion that self perpetuates itself mm. within itself, mm. deludes itself, and then perpetuates itself again, mm. and then it spills over into your experiential life because that entire process now you superimposed on somebody who knows nothing of mm. what's going on, mm. Mm. and then you're having all these like physical reactions and dialogue with the person in a manner that's like. It, it's not an accurate representation of what's actually happening. Mm. But we, like I ran with that model in my head for so long. Mm -hmm. Me too. This was where I got to question it because someone just slowed it down for me. Like, yo, look at this, see what's happening. And then when, when it started to unravel, man, that was, that was it. Mm -hmm. And then going through the recovery process, you know, step work and stuff was friggin' amazing because mm. it, put into into full view the character itself so as we're going through you know step one step two accepting you know that you can't do it yeah you know step two god can do it or your conception of it at that time the higher power the higher power yeah. and then you know there's a way out of it you know go through these steps so when i started to go like step four and five and take an inventory of what this thing is so as it's related to self, to me. Because this was all, at that time, that's what all of this was pointing to. So then I started to realize the characters themselves. Because it said it was defects of character. <laughs> I was like, yo, who is this character? <laughs> and then I started to see the identity structures. Ishwar. Los, how it was when I was drinking with my buddies and stuff. You were Los. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm with my mom, you know, my dad, my family, being a wife. I mean, I, being a Ooh, wife. Oh, oh, that's something I've learned that's, about. That's a little bit of Is it true? Binary. There you go. <laughs> that's identity. Yeah. Yeah. Being a husband. Yeah. Being a dad. Like each one of those had like behavior patterns and, and things that they were governed by. Because generally... You know, I wasn't the same way I am with my wife that I am with my mom. Right. Or how I am with my, my little ones. I'm not the same way with when I'm out with my buddies. Mm. You know what I mean? They they just had di different patterns. But what I started to see, there were different identities. Mm. There were different characters. Mm. And that kind of brought it into full view. Well, this, char this character have all these defects. And this entire process is about fixing the character. Mm. I'm like, it's a character. It's made, it shit is made up. Why fix it? Do away with it. Uproot it. <laughs> I wonder that when just seeing that process, the uprooting just started to happen. Mm -hmm. Because it, it you realize that it's not something that has substance. Mm. So how can you add value to something that just never had value to begin with? Period. Mm. How do you give existence to something that's non-existent? Through beliefs and feeding it all of this. I was like, no, thank you. Then I was still left with the sense, the sense of, the sense I had of me. I was like, well, what's that? That's when the inquiry really started to happen mm. because everything was, was uncovered, did away, put aside all the external stuff. It's not about anything I could create here with thoughts. I can't impose all of these identities themselves, all these structures. You know, they don't make any sense. So the, the essence of what remained was me. Well, what's that? Mm. 
if I knew everything here, you know, I'm a good electrician and I knew I know about these systems and stuff and I know all the stuff in the world, then how come I don't know what I am? Mm-hmm. How come I don't know what this is? How come I don't know me? I couldn't get it externally, so I started to go back on the inside. First things that came up, emotions. I was like, shit. <laughs> well, and all of this was intuitive. Like, I didn't know anything about- yeah, you had no context for anything. No, I, yeah. I didn't watch videos and, and I mean, all of that if stuff. If you were raised in Hinduism, but it was more that superficial kind of yeah. church Hinduism. Yeah. So I started to intuit. Yeah. Sit in my truck, allow what comes up to comes up, you know, let it express, feel all those feelings, emotions. What came, what became apparent first was the door, which I had all of them hidden behind. Ah. Oh, that, actually the door that was hidden from me became apparent. So, so what was this door like? Because there are a lot of people here who, who won't understand why this emotion work, why opening that door is so essential to seeing what you are or aren't. I think it can, it can manifest for different people in different ways. Uh, some, it can be like a pressure cooker. Mm. It could be a pressure point somewhere. For me, it, it felt like a tightness in my chest. Yes. So I went, I went with that and a physical door kind of manifested inside my mind. Mm. And then I, I opened it, but I had to open it with feelings. <laughs> I was like, that, that was the key because the lock was just not feeling. Ah. So the key to open the lock was feeling. So how did I do that? So yeah. one thing that I connected a lot with was music. And I associated like our traditional type of Indian music um, with drinking. And it was something that I didn't want to approach because I associated and equated those two things as going hand in hand. Because when I drank, we listened to that type of music and we bonded, you know, with my dad, my brothers, my friends and stuff. So I started to, to listen to the music and just feel the emotion that was coming up. You know, not really worrying about the events that happened in the past about that, but just the emotions. And when I started to feel the emotions, then the door opened. And as they opened, they, they, it came out in waves, enough that I can handle um, just as I needed for the time that I needed. Mm. And as I got accustomed to allowing them to pass through, crying through whatever was going on, feeling the emotions themselves, then... It's like more confidence came, more of a resilience and acceptance to allow that that mm. process to flow. So more kept on coming out mm. until it started to empty itself out. You, you said something key too, is like, it's always just what you could handle. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much that you were doing anything to make it just enough for you to handle. It's just, it, you can always handle what's arising because right. it's arising. So yeah, it came a little, then it came more, then you got resilience to it, then you could, Resilience meaning you, you got comfortable with that, mm-hmm. and then it just and it's the same here. It was the same here. At first, you're just like, "What is this? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god!" Like listening to this song, and I'm crying in the car, and I don't want anyone to see, and you're repressing, mm-hmm. and you're squeezing it back, and just letting a little out. To when you're just sitting and just you're curled up in the ball at the bottom of the shower, just rocking back and forth and letting it all go. Yep. You know, yeah. Well, one of the things that came came very early on was was uh, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Beautiful. So. Yeah. That was that was a good place to to rest mm. because it wasn't a resting place because mm. all of this stuff started to come. So the emotion stuff generally are the things that draws us away because how we engage in life generally at that stage is through the emotion itself or mm. lack thereof. Mm. The degree to which we feel who we are 
is the degree to which we engage in our emotions or we don't engage in our emotions. We make some distance, we subjectify, we say, oh, I'm here and this emotion is here and I can escape from it into thought or into distraction or into my phone. Mm -hmm. So you're right, it's this fundamental sense, sense of separation is dependent on the avoidance of that energy that's there. Yep. Yeah. Once that cleared out, then intuition started to go in, into the deconstructive process. Uh, so this was after emotion. Right. Man, that is really interesting. Yeah. Really interesting, because for me, it was kind of much the opposite. And I started with deconstruction. I started with a lot of self-inquiry. I was like, well, you know, it was working in a, in, a, in a heady way. I could see certain aspects of this realization, but the deeper realization wasn't coming. And I was like, I feel stuck. I feel stuck. I feel stuck. And then when the emotion dam started to crack, mm -hmm. oh my God, it, it got a little scary actually, in a sense that all everything started to fall apart. The way that you worry, the way the mind worries that, oh, if I let these emotions through, like, I'm gonna fall apart, I won't handle this, but it's not what you think. Right. It's that your sense of identity starts to fall apart. Right. Yeah. But, you know, that's your entire sense of existence. That's right. So it is you falling apart. Right. Yeah. So that's why it gets it gets terrifying and the, the fear that comes from that is, you know, as visceral and as real as it's gonna ever be for the one that's going to look because it is the thing that's gonna feel that it's- That it's suffering or, mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. So there are, there are different aspects to the, the emotion side of things too. Um, so be cautious <laughs> because it can, it can run amok. But generally, if we're willing to feel things and move through them, they'll, they'll be like an open door. They'll just go. Handle itself. Yeah. yeah. And then, like I said, everything else started to intuit. The process wasn't a perfect process either. Oh, you no, know what no, I mean? So yeah, shit yeah. was. Oh, yeah. When they say things can get dark, it can get dark, man. Like yeah. there's some processes that are super frustrating because you're doing self-inquiry, not really knowing what you're looking for mm. and getting frustrated because nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. So we can, like I could run off into some pretty dark places with that. Mm. But what I really needed to do was kind of into it back to what was going on. So driving behind a truck and then it was just like, relax your vision and, Try to read that without reading it inside your mind. I was like, what? Okay. And then I started to see behind the truck. I think it was like, maybe it was Lehigh Farms or something. It was like an 18-wheeler. Mm. Um, and then the thought that said that wasn't inside my head. It was right there, wherever the words were. So the reading and the words were together. There was not a... It wasn't an inside a process. Inside process where you're like, what is it, Lehigh Farms? Yeah. Yeah, it, well, that wasn't in your head anymore. It was built into the sense image of that. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> the interpretation process of that was that what that was, which I was taking as an internal process, was just happening right there. The seeing and then the overlay, the conceptual understanding of the words meaning something like all those processes just started to like break apart clarify mm. i was like what the f what's <laughs> going on and then it was all the sense perceptions uh -huh. what's happening in seeing uh -huh. you know they start at the you know you see you see you start at the words then you go down to form and then there were the colors well what sound like then and you could go pretty wild into sound to the point where you're just hearing the singular vibration from which all sounds come from. 
And that can blow you apart too. Oh, point, point a little more at that. The singular vibration from which all sounds come. That one can be a little distracting. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. When you, when you really sit and listen, there is, there's a sound that's, that's here at all times. You can hear it. If you just sit with that and your full attention go, it goes into that, it just blows you apart. It gets loud as a freight train in mm -hmm. between your ears. Mm -hmm. And then it just obliterates all of manifestation. But it's also an experience. Yeah, that's right. But it's showing you that your current mode of experience isn't the only thing that is. So it shows the mind the possibilities that are really here. Mm, beautiful. But any experience that comes and goes are just experiences too. Yeah, and that's, that's another important point. Because sometimes you'll say things like that and people will take that as some kind of mystical hook. Like there's a mystical sound field. That, like, <laughs> no, 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 it's another experience. Yeah. But it points back. Yeah, you yeah. can go into it and it'll yeah. obliterate your sense of self, uh, consciousness itself, the manifested world as you're experiencing it. Cessation. Yeah. yeah. It, it also happens when you're sleeping, right as conscious, consciousness is about to drop out. Mm. It, it's almost like it merges with this, uh, this vibration and it just like rips everything apart. Uh, you know, but again, it's, that's also an experience. This is free from all of that, all of the extremes, yeah. all of the states of consciousness, all of that stuff. But those things too are a part of this because it shows that, you know, your current mode, it kind of shocks your mind, shocks yeah, you. Right. Shocks you, shocks the mind system. It uh, says. Like this isn't, this isn't all. So you were sitting in the back of the truck, looking at the back of this other truck mm -hmm. and seeing really for the first time, oh, this is just seeing. Relaxing into your peripheral vision so that there isn't that feeling that the mind is reaching out and grabbing an object. Right. And yeah, this is what how you pointed to me the first time we ever spoke on the phone. It was like, pull over your car, <laughs> relax your peripheral vision. And I'd had this seeing before, but when you pointed to it, I was like, oh, this is it's the deconstruction of each sense field, sound, sight, sensation, and thought. And then seeing where's the perceiver in each of those? Where's the self that's perceiving it and realizing, right. oh, that's an overlay. So then what's just there, just seeing? Right, so yeah. it's an, you're unweaving the process, but in order to unweave the process, there's a recognition mm. that there is a you that thinks that it's thinking. <laughs> so right. when you're seeing these processes, when you're seeing the visual field itself, there's a you, this concept links with the visual field and the sense of the observer arises mm -hmm. that it's somewhere behind the eyes or it's looking or, or whatever it is. Right. So when you're looking here, you're actually recognizing that that thing is there and there's a recognition that that's the overlay. So you're plucking that back out. There isn't a listener. There isn't a thinker. There's an seer, but you have to recognize that the what it's appearing as is there, or that that it's appearing, it's there. What it's appearing as isn't. Yeah, the inherent existence of it. That's right. So it's appearing as a seer, right? Okay, but you recognize that that is an appearance, like a mirage, right. and the seer itself doesn't exist. Right. Yeah, and then that whole sensory gamut shatters into its constituent parts, each parting right. <laughs> themselves. 
without a central observer that isn't more than an image mm -hmm. or a thought appearance, which is another appearance parting itself. Right. Yeah. And that in itself is that, and, and, and it's so simple when it's experienced that afterwards when the mind comes back and believes its own shit again, it's like, that was too simple. It couldn't be that. Mind it, wants more. Mind wants more. Mind's like, no, where's the big explosion and <laughs> <laughs> all the taints that come from the sky. <laughs> it can be that way too. Mm -hmm. it, the, the degree to which you're experiencing your current mode of experience when you see it for the first time, mm. there's such a vast difference that if it, it just happens upon you, it can seem really blown apart. Uh. If you're doing this process gradually and you're deconstructing these things, it's more of a dawning, uh -huh. a recognition. So when the recognition happens, you don't get the blown out experience. Aha. Uh -huh. You know, but those those do happen because yeah. you know your your current mode is so you know mm, radically different. Yeah, than, and then it just stops and it's like everything just kind of separates out. Yeah, you're just doing it on a slower yeah. process and in a more deconstructed, intentional way to see this. Okay, this is the first time I've ever understood this because you hear people, and this is very discouraging for a lot of people online. They're expecting, they hear certain stories of people talking about their awakening and saying it was this, you know, explosion and this huge massive release of energy and, and burden and all of this and da, da, da. Everything was destabilized and this and this. And then the mind of course goes, well, I want that, or that's what that is. And, I, right. and what you're saying is my own experience with this, which is this, more gradual, like at times punctuated by, oh, a big shift, but mm -hmm. nothing that makes you go, oh, what the hell? It's more, oh, oh, almost so, so, so gradual that you you don't even notice what's happening to some degree. And then one day you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah it's always here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're like peak experiences, mm. um, but again, they're experiences. Right. So they require clarification, they require for the insight that comes from them to mature as well, mm. because we can go and only seek those experiences, all the peak experiences. Mm. So it's a kind of, it doesn't matter what happens, how fantastic it is, how much it's blown apart or pulls you away. It's just, it's an experience. It's an experience, yeah. So you, you, it causes you to overlook what's really going on right here, the, simplif the simplification of this, but you miss the recognition of what's here. But then that's one extreme. Then you go to the other extreme. You get blown apart in some peak experience, and then you go seeking that, overlooking what's here. Yeah. So it's not to to discourage people from having those experiences, but you know, know that 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 isn't final. And when those things happen, we tend to speak about them in a way without maturing or allowing the insights to come from it as it relates to our day to day life and day to day experience. Yes. And that, that's a key theme of our, our visit together this time is like, this is all life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's one expression and there's this tendency to want to push and pull on the parts that we don't think are enlightened or that are delusion or whatever. And then this expectation that once you see this way, you're always free from any delusion and you can't experience you know separation and you can't, and it's like, no, 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 this is all part of the expression and it's seen clearly, but that doesn't mean you can't experience yourself as transiently separate right? and function, have that function actually do what it does, which is function. The hold to it, the hold to the identity isn't what it was. That's right. The flavor from it just, just dissipates. That's right. 
you know that that's a thing that really really changes it it didn't mean that like the thoughts needed to stop for you to to really see and experience what this is it can yeah but it's not necessary the i guess the the whole approach to it is to see that it wasn't necessary for you to try and stop thoughts it's just to observe them and see them for what they are it's the identification process with the thought process itself mm. so for me it's seeing the processes things became apparent and then the error that was being made just stopped yeah you know it's like you have a burning sensation in your feet and you don't know why why does it burn but you never took the time to take your boot off to look and see that you were standing in a on a piece of hot coal mm. and when you see it uh you just don't do that anymore unless you like the pain then you step on it yeah then you keep going you know what i mean but if you never take the boot off to look and see what was going on how are you going to find the root cause of the issue and that's the whole thing with self yeah what it's appearing as we take it to be all right we'll just accept this yeah then why do i suffer well what's the one that's suffering why won't you look at that the world doesn't need fixing the perception of it that the world needs fixing is a thing that resolves itself absolutely absolutely the world needs fixing when there's a belief <laughs> that the separate self has inherent existence and the world is apart from you and is pushing and pulling on you and vice versa and when that is seen through like you said we don't actually look at the self is this fundamental thing that we're operating from is it really true mm -hmm. and when you see what it is it's just this constellation of processes <laughs> right. that that really point at nothing except for the present uh, in some way because they're coming right from this then we can say oh so the world is really it's i mean it's it's my concept of what it is mm -hmm. in that sense and it's just as it is and it's already happening and i'm not doing it so why do i need to worry about the world and just keep looking here right. at this and we go through the process you know yeah there's a recognition of the way things are and it's it's that way because it's within our direct experience of it mm -hmm. you know you go about taking your kids to school you, yeah. you have a different level of appreciation to the gift of just being able to have the ability to take them to school. Yeah. That's the beauty. Everything becomes a part of the beauty in itself because you have an appreciation for all of these things now. When you let go of the stranglehold of them needing to be this thing or do this or do that or I have to when that relaxes, then the effortless comes. Yeah. Cuz the grasping is what brings hold is what brings resistance. That's right. That and just that is the end of suffering, really. I mean, it really is. Like even for me, for my example, it's good that you give the example of taking the kids to school. Because for me, as I was transitioning my identity from the guy who does these YouTube videos about COVID to the guy who um, makes videos, but mostly drives his kids back and forth to school <laughs> as my wife spins up her job full-time, mm -hmm. that was, there was so much resistance because the mind was saying, should, 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 I should be doing this or... I shouldn't be taking these kids to school. We ought to have help to do this. Like, do you know who I am? I'm <laughs> Z Dog MD. And um, and as and that and that that was a teacher. Like for me, mm -hmm. life was showing me the emotional holding that I was doing, the resistance, the beliefs that it that it could be and should be other than it is. And when that started to be seen through, it was very painful. Actually, it was a kind of death. It felt like the identity was 
fractured. Like, who am I even? Who am I? It was like Zool- Derek Zoolander and Zoolander when he looks in the pond, he's like, who am I? <laughs> it was like that. And But then as that started to be seen through, those those emotions released and it was rocky and turbulent. And now, and the reactivity itself was looked at. And now it's like, you know, I took them to school this morning. They'll call me at the last minute and be like, actually, could you pick me up at this time? And can we go here instead and this and that? And it used to be that would trigger all kinds of reactivity. No, you should, as the child, not be telling the dad what right. needs to happen. And now it's like, yeah, why not? Let's go. Yeah, dude. This it, is perfect. What a joy. It's a full, it's a full acceptance of everything that's happening. Yep. It's full inclusion of, of all of this stuff. You know, like like my kids, they're young, seven and seven and nine. And it's like, hmm, like they're little beings with feelings and emotions. Like if something happens and, you know, I say something that may cause them to feel some kind of way, uh, it's not because I'm an adult that I can't apologize. Mm. You know what I mean? It's, uh-huh. You recognize these patterns within yourself and understand that you have feelings and emotions as well. And so do, so do they, even though it's a subtle, we could get back to the basis of things and see that's a subtle assumption of placing other, mm. but- you can use that as a distraction from yourself to say that, hey, you caused some harm, maybe correct it. Mm-hmm. You know, they have feelings and emotions too. And in that way, they're no longer treated as uh, less than other. Right. It's more, It's it, it actually has the opposite effect. Yeah. It brings unity with them. Yeah. Because they're they're now, a f- dude, it's like, they're, they're, they're not children. They're just, they're these expression of life that's, so complex. Yeah. You know, they have the ability to consciously look at them stuff now. They're, they're, however their makeup is. And my little one, the seven-year-old, was talking about sitting and it, it was in the night. She's saying, she was, uh, my wife was telling me what she was saying, how she was saying, mom, I feel sad. And my sadness goes into, you know, I, I, I did what you said. It goes into this this thought bubble, this little bubble, and then it just float away. And I don't feel sad anymore. A seven-year-old <laughs> addressing her emotions, accepting that she feels sad, and then has a way to work work that out. Mm. Me, 42 years old, <laughs> knew nothing about emotions, <laughs> bottle them up, obscure all of the stuff that was going on with me, mm. led to all of that stuff. Mm. And then eventually had to deal with it anyways. Yeah. And they're they're able to implore a system like that at seven. The level of self-consciousness and awareness that that that's here that expresses is nurtured by allowing it to to express. To express, yes. Not to restrict it with my concept of what a what good that? child is supposed to behave like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I was telling you, yeah, my kids did a violin recital over the weekend and they were stressed. And my one older one had like basically a full on, cause her finals are coming up and mm. you know, she's almost 16 now next week. And just was just like, I can't do this recital. Like I have so many things to do. And you could feel energetically like, oh, she's, she's really anxious. Mm-hmm. Like this is overwhelmed for her. So you just hold space for it and you say, whatever you decide to do, you know, and maybe she cries a little and maybe there's a decision not to do the recital. And then the next day you can just open space and say, so do you still feel this way that you did yesterday when everything seemed so overwhelming? And the insight that these kids have is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think actually yesterday I was feeling a lot of stress 
And now I, f I, I feel like maybe I should at least try. I feel responsible to try. Mm -hmm. So we go to the recital and normally at these recitals, I'm terrified. Like I feel it in the body. Like there's a, there's a by proxy stress for the performance of your child because <laughs> they're basically like a representation of you. And if they, if they have a disaster, it's like you feel it here. This time it was empty complete mm. acceptance. And so I'm looking at them like I'm looking at them for the first time. So the older one goes up to play and it was unbelievable. Cause I'm seeing this like with total beginner's mind and she's just, she goes up and she, she told me after the fact, she's like, I had to go up with the attitude that just nothing mattered at all. And that I was just, you know, there for fun. She goes up like standing all kind of askews, mess with her glasses and does this Brahms thing or Max Brook thing and just, I was like crying and laughing, <laughs> listening to her do it. <laughs> so was my wife too. We're both mm -hmm. just like, what? And my wife sees them practice. So she already knows kind of how mm -hmm. they're doing. I had not seen it. And I was just floored. And again, it was this complete acceptance of what is this here? Yeah, man. Yeah. It's it's like from a place of, of uh, like just openness and wholeness, you know, all these words that we can use, but- non-expectation mm. you know what i mean they're free it, it's like yeah you have to say you know what I, I don't care what people think i'm just gonna go up there and play and, and whatever happens happens yeah and that's how that's how it goes that's how it goes that's and then goes. everybody knows everybody knows and one thing i wanted to ask before we go back into the all the deconstruction and everything you said you used to you know you sit on your porch and feel all of the suffering mm. I suspect, you know, this is a thing. I suspect a lot of people who end up going down this path are very sensitive, especially when they're young and they will numb that either through emotional distraction, distraction in work or uh, drugs and alcohol. And, and then when you're allowed to feel it fully, you realize there was nothing to be afraid of. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay to feel the suffering of the world. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's bearable. Right, because you're, there's no one bearing it. It's just that energy. Well, the suffering of the world that that I thought that I was feeling was my own suffering. Wow, it, uh. it wasn't it wasn't the suffering of the world. It was uh. it was projected out in that way uh. that I can deny that the suffering uh. was there. Yeah, and Beautiful. and I mean it was plastered all over at the time what I was experiencing as reality was which was the entire world itself. Beautiful, and I would feel it in I mean every atom when I mm. thought about these things. Mm. And it was like, it, was, it wasn't an external thing anymore. Mm. So that was a realization that came from that. It wasn't, it wasn't the world's suffering. Mm. It could never be the world's suffering that I would feel. Mm. It's my own. Your own. Yep. That is fascinating. Yep. Because I felt where, where this, the amount of suffering that I'm feeling and images are coming of different people suffering mm. and this and this and this. And you could, I say, I don't know what this is. So I'm gonna call it the suffering of the world. Your intuition or realization that no, this is actually here. Where's the world? It's right. this. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. The only one I could feel is me. Is me. The the imposition that I can make or the assumption I can make is because others look like me and maybe have the same capacity That's of right. me that they could feel what I feel is still on a subtle level an assumption. A belief. Yeah. Uh, the idea of other. The reality is the only thing I could know is through my own experience, mm. through my own faculties. So my own delusion is for me to know as well. Mm. And I have all the faculties to see through that. Mm. Well, how, how is all that done? Well, that was a process. Mm. So 
it was the same thing, like f- full acceptance of responsibilities for my own actions. One of the, f- the things that I understood was that no one can make me feel anger. Mm. I'd have to take the, whatever this, the circumstance and situation was, the process was the interpretation of that and then having a physiological or uh, emotional response based on my interpretation of what that process was that was happening. Mm. So it was never the other person. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't conditions out there that we don't agree with that will cause a reaction within ourselves based on that story, but the process for me was to see the process, and then I understood that it was never the other person. It could never be. So it was the responsibility, you know, in those earlier stages felt fell fully on me. So it was up to me to see that process and not say they're at fault for how I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I accepted that, owned up to it, and then started to see. And then it had the opposite effect. Mm-hmm. It's understood now that others feel. Because I address it within myself, I could recognize it when I see it outside of myself. So now the, it's natural compassion that forms that way. Yes. It's not about how I think about it. It's because I've understood it within myself because I've gone through the process with me. Okay. This. <laughs> <laughs> this is another central thing here. Uh, and and I'll, I'll tell you why it's central, because I see it in its delusive forms. I've experienced it in its delusive forms. The delusion that others control me in some way, or that are responsible for how I feel or how I'm behaving or whatever, or that there are others that somehow I'm at the whim of, right? And and this shows up in many ways. It shows up in people saying, well, how can you talk about this stuff when there's the Middle East? Don't you care about the Middle East, or don't you care about? And then I, and they'll say, "Oh, Zubin, why aren't you still talking about transforming healthcare? Like you got to fix this system because that's what's keeping us imprisoned." <laughs> and from here now, and I would have agreed with them. From here now, it's like, uh huh, motherfucker. <laughs> Let's be blunt. It is never outside of you ever. It can't be. Right. It's always you. So if you're not willing to do the hardest work of turning inwards dispelling all your beliefs and illusions and looking at what's here, feeling all the emotions that you won't feel, feeling the suffering of the world as your own suffering as it is, how will the expression that we plaster onto the world change? Right. It won't. So change you, the system changes. And yeah, you can point at different things in the system you can change. Sure, that's all part of the expression. Mm-hmm. That's part of the expression. It's not mutually exclusive. It's not avoiding the world. It's not spiritual bypass. It's not living in a cave. It's going in to be able to notice it in and out don't make sense. Right, immersive. Expression. Immersive, yeah. fully immersive. It's fully immersive. Fully immersive. It, it makes sense where it can only make sense. It's this. Now we can sit and we can think about things all the time and make sense of it inside of our heads and all these scenarios, but that's more of the delusion that you're playing into yourself to make, like a, it's almost like a pseudo okay world. Because I think that it's okay or ah. or it should be different based on what? Uh, all the stuff that goes on with suffering in the world, and I don't say that there isn't suffering in the world. Oh, there's suffering, yeah. Right? But on this side of things, if you're not there experiencing it, how do you know what's going on there? 
images are being put forward to you and in a controlled way that you can't really be sure unless it's there in your direct experience. Mm -hmm. And that's the truth of your experience is that the only thing you can know is experiential to you. Everything else are assumption. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. Absolute fact. And so what's to do? It's always right here. Right. It's always right here. Now this this um the piece you mentioned about this natural compassion arising for the feelings and suffering of others mm -hmm. can happen when this is understood right. and felt. Yes, yep. absolutely. Again, it's polishing the mirror. <laughs> right. Yeah, cleaning it, cleaning off all the delusion. Um, the delusion itself, the human condition of mind identification and believing identity and um, believing our conceptions as reality, as having inherent existence. How does that relate then to this realization now? How do you inhabit when delusion is seen or arises? How is that experienced? It's clarified. It's mm. their systems. Mm. It's just like everything else. These are processes. Right. And that's the way that that it shows itself. You know, do I still get caught up in stuff? Absolutely. You know, there's some some emotional stuff that'll come up that's like, you know, you can kind of look at it like I'm going through some stuff with like an HOA and then you're like, <laughs> that's already, I'm feeling it now, man. <laughs> and you're like, you're like battling with them and it's like, well, you know, their job is to make sure that these things are in place, right? right? That they're just doing, that's a system of operation. Yeah. The, the lady's just doing her job. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it has nothing, it's not like she's attacking me personally. It's not personal. But it's also, there's something that I want done. So is it the lady? Or is it because I want something done and it's not getting done? Or I did something and they didn't they didn't like it and they said, take it out. Yeah. So yeah. where's the conflict really? Yeah. The conflict starts with what? Desire. <laughs> I want something. And through my actions, I did something. And now they're like, no, you can't have it. So the entire conflict that's occurring, yeah. it's non-acceptance of the way things that's are. That's right. Desire and aversion. Right. Yeah. Now, and are there ways to go about um, seeing through that, the, the processes for what they are. Yeah, you talk to the people, they're like, hey, fill out this form, submit it, we'll review it, and chances are, we'll do it. But if you go ahead and do it without us, then there's everything, every action that's karma. There, yeah. There's actions. Yeah. Everything has consequences. It's all related. Yeah. Not, consequences doesn't mean, you know, negative or positive. It, it just means there's an, there's an outcome. Yeah. So if we take the time to settle our emotions, feel back into what's here, really look at what we're trying to accomplish, work within the systems, then generally they work. Yeah. yeah. And there isn't all of this back and forth and- And, and then you can have your 10 foot inflatable sex toy on your lawn. That's true. Right? That is true. Right. Uh, you know, they call it a flagpole or a Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. That's yeah. what they're calling it now. Yeah, because it's rib for his pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> but if things, if something unfair occurs out of that, if somebody's being harmed or suppressed because of it, mm. because of those systems, effective change can only happen when you are you have a clear and leveled mind. Yeah, yeah. You're going to act. Yeah. yeah. There are other, but you, you're not acting. You're, that's, that's there are systems that are in place 
that takes care of those things. Mm. You're aligning them to to mm. go and do so. So, right, look at that. Is it you doing that or are those conditions warranting the actions? Yes. So the things are conditioned. I have a disabled daughter. She needs this, right? Mm -hmm. It was done in a way that it wasn't supposed to be. So these are the things that came out of it. Mm. From that, it, it created conditions that allowed me to educate myself about what the processes are. As I educated myself, then I started to see what needed to be done. Mm. If it wasn't going to be handled this way, there are other ways to do it. But that condition got blocked off there, but it, it rerouted and opened up a pathway for me to see something else. So it's all conditions. Right. Now, exactly. So systems, you're a part of the systems that are unfolding. Systems meaning processes, going, 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 mm -hmm. going. It's impersonal. But now go into the delusive mode of how that's seen. Now it's, Ishwar is angry right. righteously because his disabled daughter doesn't get something she needs because these bureaucrats are trying to harm us or are aligned against us. Now, how does that function? How does that influence the function of the system? Now the causes and conditions in that system are set up for conflict, for friction, for um, problematic unfolding. But that's all thinking. The reality is all the solutions are formed. Wait, explain that? All the solutions came. There, there was, there's a, something that's necessary, right? Yeah. And there are ways to go about getting it. Yeah. Right? So there's, there's a problem. Well, what, what was perceived to be a problem? Um, I acted based on the, the need. Being in that space, being in that system required a form to be filled out. I didn't fill out a form. So because that didn't happen, another condition came up, right? But all the while, it's an education that's happening. Well, I didn't know a form was needed. Ah, well, that came. Then they started behaving in a, in a different way. Then it opened up the doorway to a different system that educated me of how these systems started to work, how they're interconnected, who holds who accountable. I don't hold them accountable. It opened up the doorway to solutions for everything. Ah, the minute a, a problem arises, immediately the solution arises for it. Ah, ah. But so, so what I was pointing at is, so what you pointed at is the clarity of seeing that mm -hmm. and how it. So what happens when Ishwar is in the fully mind identified delusive state? It doesn't it, happen. It doesn't happen. Mm -mm. Exactly. It doesn't happen. Yeah. It, it it like it clarifies itself. I mean, you currently, yeah, currently. Okay, okay. Let me let me let me post this as a thought, as a as a hypothetical, because I know it doesn't happen with you. But let's say old Ishwar mm -hmm. Los, okay, is there, and this happens. Emotions, emotions happen. Emotion is the thing that binds it. Okay, so how explain? How would that go down? So the belief that something is happening because there's lack of clarity. Right. Right. Um, it's taken to be personal. Like it's an attack against me. Correct. And your daughter. Right. I want this. She needs to have it. It's yeah. justifiable yeah. why I'm acting the way that I act. Right. All the while, not really wanting to look at why we're acting mm -hmm. and seeing that we're really not acting mm -hmm. to see that it's only conditions. And with that, this uh, 
this hold actually relaxes. Mm-hmm. And then clarity really starts to see. Mm. You, you just kind of like, but it requires that initial pause. That it's a, it's a requirement. That's effort. Mm. To be able to recognize that, to say, you know what? I should take a breath. And, and really consider what's really happening here. But most of the time, you know, like I would be so caught in the righteousness and the anger that it just it would justify any action that I could ever take. That's right. That's right. That's right. Now, now another key thing you said because see, I think there's so much. Okay, this is so important to talk about this because <laughs> you, you know people think oh once you have these shifts and these realizations like the that moment of what the fuck doesn't arise, mm-hmm. but it does. It does, yeah, It yeah. does, Absolutely. but the difference is what you said. You take a pause and you go, oh, oh, because you you now know, you go, oh, when this happens, oh, it's bringing you right back here. Right. Wait, so what's happening here? Oh, okay. I'm feeling the emotion and the mm-hmm. the, the aggrievement or the uh, lack of justice here is being felt as this emotion. Okay, can I see clearly what's really happening, this reactivity? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, it's just this energetic. Okay, so what's happening? There's a system unfolding. Uh, let me investigate. Yeah. Well, what, what? all the processes just started to to like become apparent. The the hold, the emotional hold, actually came, started to release itself and transform. When, for the the offending party, so like the HOA and their members and stuff, is actually when I prayed for them. Ah, I was like, um, because it it forces the for me to relinquish the hold. On the justification itself, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that was the binding factor. Ah, and it was like they should have the same level of clarity and understanding, love, peace, kindness in their in their experience, because it's no other than that. Yeah, same thing. It was a, a just a different form of deluding myself. So th- this prayer for them is a kind of meta meditation. It's a kind of it is compassion meditation. Yeah, because the understanding is right. All of this here is perfect. So why am I not seeing that? Mm-hmm. It's because I'm unwilling to, and I'm running with stories. Mm-hmm. So when I relax and soften my position through that kind of love and kindness, compassion out towards what I'm seeing those people as being separate people, mm. it just kind of softens the position that mm-hmm. I've taken as being a hard line in the sand and then it's it's like full on acceptance, and it it really it was like my mind just opened up and accepted everything, mm. and then all the processes started to see themselves. Mm. I was like, shit, it's always been like this. I yeah. wanted to go over and hug everybody. Yeah, I was like, I'm so sorry for causing so much shit. Ah, uh, <sighs> I've experienced the same phenomena. Yeah, it's it's it's. God, it's nuts. And it's not something like where you have to, it's not an artificial compassion where you're like oh, telling man. telling more stories. Well, I'll tell the story now that these HOA people are just people with jobs who are doing their jobs. Like, no, no it's not like that. It's a it's an energetic realization yeah. that it's all this, it's all this. Um, and then the compassion arises. And then and then with another thing you said that I think um people don't don't really appreciate is like, well, so why if you know everything is empty of inherent substance and such and this and that, why would right action and compassionate action even happen? It was doesn't matter. Isn't there just nihilism? Like and and it's exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it can't be. Because you see <laughs> the perfection and you see the delusion. And it's a natural like, oh no, 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 no. No, no. It's just it's just this. Yep. And compassion arises. Yeah, the nihilism is like a uh it's a step on the way. 
Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, they say most people when, like, if if they're swimming to go to shore, they'll they'll drown like a mile from from shore. They're yeah. so close. They're that so they, close. They give yeah. up. Nihilism is like that. Mm. It's like you're so close from seeing instead of believing that it's, you know, what's the point and all of that. Well, continue on and see. Mm, that's it. Don't accept that position to be, to be anything because there's no position. That. that I'll say that again. <laughs> if anytime you're taking a position like nihilism, it's all it's all meaningless. That's a position. Right. Understand that the fundamental truth is there's no position. Yeah. So keep going, keep going. Yep. Yeah. Because when you get to this and you see this, which is already here, it's not a position that you're taking either. Not it's a all. surrender of the position. That's right. And the apparent of all of this becomes apparent. Yeah, which and is then positionless. You're going to yeah. say to who? Go and see. Find go and out. see. Go and see. Yeah. yeah, the mind will ask that question because it wants an, a specific answer. To whom then? Who is this I that is doing the seeking and all that? Go up. Go look. Yeah. yeah, and then see when this is seen as it is. See if you have the answer. Then we do this. Yeah, yeah. See if the question still makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be a something I would ask. See if that question makes sense mm-hmm. from here. Yeah. Or if there's anything wrong with the question. Yeah. Taint. Taint. <laughs> Balls. <laughs> Buddy. Hey, come on now. I already started and it's like, see, it comes full circle. When the taint. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you it comes full circle. We started there, but no, 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 no. That's where everybody wants to start. We started down here. We we went, we cleaned, we went up, we wiped. As we wipe, right? Clarity came. We went up the back. All the way up, top, popped out the head. Come back, landed. Ooh, here. Oh, we come back through the body, down the front side, ran over the penis, right? oh, yeah. go down to the center of the, the, the sackness. No longer sack. Sackness. And then we come to the other side, full circle, complete acceptance. Nothing wrong with it. Now we can see clearly. Now it is buttocks, not sack, penis, Ding. vagina, uh-huh. <laughs> taint. All. Mm. Whole. Whole. Whole asshole. Whole asshole also empty of all. True. Totally empty, except of gas. Lots mm. of gas. Mm-hmm. Uh. Completely full. Oh no, maybe empty full. Empty full. What is smelling it? Mm-hmm. Maybe dealt it. <laughs> maybe. But we don't know. <laughs> you have to check. Yeah, whoever cut the cheese also licked the knife on mm-hmm. it. Yes, I think yes, so too. Yes, I yes, think, I think so. so. A little, a little. Uh, I see, I see, I see. Before there were footsteps in the sand. Now it's like, whose footsteps are those? Because I don't recognize them to be mine. Ah. Mm-hmm. And when there were one set of footsteps, that was when I was carrying you by the taint. Mm. Huh? Perfect resting place. Perfect resting. See, balance. <laughs> balance. Right in between the two. Always overlooked. But, but, but is the operative uh-huh, word. Yes. Cannot be denied. That isn't necessary for experience. Without no taint, how do we know? And without a knowing, how do we experience? And when we start to see the nature of experience, we realize taint does not go anywhere. How can it? How can it go? It too have to be accepted. It too have to be loved. And the acceptance is the love mm-hmm. because it is what is. Self was never a problem. Never a problem. It's just to see it for what it was appearing as. 
which is empty radiance. It can't be apart from that either. Taint the balls and taint the anus. Everything. Everything. Taint. Taint. Mind taint. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, yeah. Well, this was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're, maybe we'll do more. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I should say this. Um, Sensewithoutmind.com is where all your stuff is. Or nothing. Or nothing. Mm. Only the taint. If you want to go and see, you can. I would... recommend <laughs> that I would recommend that you go to that website and see links to your YouTube channel, links to one-on-ones that you do. Mm-hmm. My experience with you, I mean, it goes back now a couple of years and it's mostly by phone, but since you've come here, there is something that has come online with you that um, is so direct and energetic in how you transmit. Uh, so if I imagine if you're doing a one-on-one, this is how it is. It is, It cuts through all the delusion by pointing this right to here. Mm-hmm. And it's not describable. So I'm going to stop trying to describe it, but it is endorsable. <laughs> I can say if you're ready for this, you'll be drawn to it. And yeah, yeah. it's generally not for those who are ready to see it generally will come. That's right. Um, it will invoke fear to those who aren't ready. Because uh, I've heard that before. They're like, I've put off not coming to talk to you for a few months. And understand that. I was that way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's not anything that I can give you. I'm just showing you. You guys are the ones that will be doing the work. Or not. You come, you come. You don't, you don't. It is what it is. It's beautiful. But it's a possibility for everybody. You know what I mean? Like, I still go to work as an electrician, man. You yeah. Know? I take my kids to school. Yep. I have a life to live. Yep. But what does my life include or or is, is encompassing? I cut the grass. I take my kids to school. I go to work. The things that could have ever have any kind of meaning are the things that are immediately within my experience, which are which is my family. You know what I mean? There's a different sense of appreciation that comes through that. Mm, I know that feeling. So when I let go of the expectations of any of that needing to be anything, then the gratitude to experience that for exactly what it is starts to become apparent. And that's, man, there's no, for me, there's no greater gift than that. That's beautiful. You know? So. It, it, and in a way, all the cliches that they talk about, it, it's you have to let go your conception of what they are to you in order to see what they are to you. And, there, and then you and they don't make sense. And it's just this amazing gratitude. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's that very sense that um, the way that you take yourself to be just goes. Mm. And however that that's going to manifest for everyone that comes, but that's the thing that gets surrendered. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's you yeah. and everything, everything changes from that because it's your entire worldview is based around and centered around this thing that has the view. Mm. So that's the shift that gets given up. So the flavor of life, you know, that's the thing that actually flavors life. But that's the only thing you ever knew. 
There's a lot more to life than what you think you know. Knowing is limited. Everything that can be known has been known. The unknown, now my friend, Mm. that has no limits. If you want to see that, stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) And we're out. (laughs) Peace. Hey, it's Dr. Z. Thanks for getting through the whole episode. That's a huge accomplishment. (laughs) And so at this point, I just got to ask you for a few favors because it just helps us so much if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. It it just really helps the algorithms to get this message out to others. The second thing is email me, hello at zdogmd.com. I get all these emails personally. I can't respond to them all, but I need to hear your voice because especially on podcast, we don't have a comment section. And I want to hear how this episode affected you, what you'd like to hear in the future, what you think we got wrong, what we think we got right, anything, anything, or just say hi. So that's really powerful. And the third thing is financially, it helps us a lot to support the show in any way you can. And if you go to zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, you can join our supporter tribe on your favorite platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. What that will get you on those platforms is live shows with me that are exclusive for supporters and access to our Zoom meetings where we talk about awakening realization and we share with each other our own experience. It's a powerful group effect. It's a community, really. And we support and love each other and share, again, through our own experience, how we're waking up. So, and that that ripples out into systems, into transforming healthcare and education and government. So it st- really starts with us. So join us there if you can. Again, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. And I'm so grateful to have you with us.